there have been many famous Anglo-Irish figures in Canada's history, including Guy and Thomas Carlton, Richard Uniac, Arthur Wellesley, Charles Monk and Lord and Lady Dufferin. Yet few have had such an influence on the development of a singular province as that of Richard Buckley on Nova Scotia. Few have been so thoroughly lost to the mists of time. If any place can be said to be the product of one man, Halifax and Nova Scotia owe what they are to Dublin or Richard Bulkley. The history of colonial enterprises in North America is littered with failures. Endowed with prodigious energy, organisational brilliance, integrity, charm and redoubtable diplomatic skills, Buckley ensured that Halifax would be a success and he, Nova Scotia's most respected administrator, from its founding expedition in 1749 to his death in 1800. Buckley was the second son of Lawrence and Elizabeth, whose families had generations previously secured positions and lands in the conquest of Ireland. Like so many non-inheriting Anglo-Irish sons, Richard chose a career in the British military. Fluency in French and German suggest active service in Europe. He became aide-de-camp to his friend Edward Cornwallis in 1749. Cornwallis had been charged with organising an expedition to establish a fort at the natural harbour of Chibucto, to be named Halifax, along with civil government and, quote, the better peopling and settling of the said province, unquote, in the words of the London Gazette advertisement. It was either that or allow the French to do so, as they had very nearly done in 1746 in the great seesawing for control of North America between the rival empires. Cornwallis's aide and right-hand man, Buckley, was, quote, a young army bachelor like himself, Richard Buckley, tall, handsome, Irish, wealthy, a former king's messenger and captain of the dragoons, whose equipment for the wilderness included a valet, a groom, a butler, three blood horses and a vast amount of baggage, as Radell wrote in his History of Halifax. Others left, but Buckley stayed, somehow enchanted with his wild country and the raw new town. On stony soil, amidst hostile indigenous and warring French, brutal winters and widespread disease, the new town of Halifax and the fortified harbour materialised. Buckley's energy and talent saw him promoted to Director of Public Works by October 1749. He lost little time in starting a family, marrying Mary Rouse the summer after his arrival. The marriage produced four sons. In a time when political disfavour, rivalry, disease and death could end a promising career, Buckley's rise was happily inexorable. Provincial Secretary by 1758, he served 13 successive lieutenant governors because they found his knowledge and skills indispensable. Buckley helped organise peace with the Mi'kmaq and the ceremonial burying of the hatchet in 1761, ending 75 years of hostilities. Clerk of the Council in 1763, in 1775 Buckley started a 25 career as judge of the Court of Admiralty. With his first wife now dead, Buckley married Mary Burgess in 1776. In the tumult of the American War of Independence, Buckley was appointed Brigadier General of the Provincial Militia in 1780. With the end of the war in 1783, the pace of change in the colonies quickened. John Parr, also from Dublin, became Lieutenant Governor of Nova Scotia. Parr and Buckley faced the challenge of settling thousands of demobilised soldiers and British loyalists fleeing the American Republic. Notes the Dictionary of Canadian Biography, Parr and Buckley sometimes worked 20 hours a day. The Secretary's letter book contains correspondence about rations and tools for the Loyalists, surveying and land grants, as well as material about the separation from Nova Scotia of the new provinces of New Brunswick, St. John's, which is Prince Edward Island, and Cape Breton. All the while, 
Buckley entertained on a grand scale with celebrations diplomatically spread across New Year's Eve, St. Patrick's Day and St. George's Day. Manifestly for reasons of race, a different approach was taken with the arrival of 3,500 black loyalists in Nova Scotia. Denied the three-year provisions allowed white loyalists, denied also sufficient land grants, they were compelled to work. What Buckley made of this disgrace we do not know, but he applied his usual efficiency for the disembarkation of some 1,200 black loyalists who had agreed to emigrate to Sierra Leone in Africa in 1791. Buckley's energy and creativity extended well beyond his public duties. He was co-founder and president of the Charitable Irish Society of Halifax, a font of much benevolent work for centuries and still active today. Buckley was a devoted mason and succeeded Parr as Grand Master by 1791. A vestryman and sometime organist at St. Paul's, he promoted journalism, chess, art and horse racing, including the importation of horses from Ireland. Buckley earned the title Founder of the Province in his obituary, thanks to his contribution to the development of Halifax and Nova Scotia over a half-century of bustling activity. The resilience of his career spoke to his unfailing integrity, which earned him the respect and love of all classes across Nova Scotia. Halifax became Warden of the North and Sentry Box to the St. Lawrence, the key naval base protecting Britain's transatlantic connection to its most valuable colony strategically. Buckley did leave one tangible legacy. He built as his home Carlton House, named in honour of his friend Guy Carlton, with stones from the old French fort, Cape Breton. Fittingly for a man of legendary hospitality, Buckley's former home is today an hotel.